Hi. Hi. Hello. Uh, and welcome to Praise Dionysus. Praise, Praise him. Find a way to, to jump, jump over the, the midsummer. Oh. Because oh. we are, after all, doing the midsummery. Over <laughs> the midsummery. Yeah. Oh. Um, that's the new jingle. We hope you like it. <laughs> uh, today on the midsummery, we're going to be talking about one of them ones, produced by Gavin Roach, Daddy by Brent Thorpe. Perpetual Stew, presented by Millie Walker, Charlie Lawrence, and Victoria Barlow, and Hufflepuff by Dirk Strawn Thornton. Look at real you. mouthful there. Yeah, my God. Thank you so much. <laughs> Is your jaw exhausted? <laughs> Is it exhausted? Oh. No, don't make a sound like For it's clever. For blowjob reasons. For blowjob. <laughs> Tuck it out from all the gobbies. All eyes. the gobbies, <laughs> yeah. They're really hard. Um, little boy. <laughs> I run this orphanage. I don't want to get to Give know you. Give me a dollar. Um, <laughs> that's... I don't know if we should have that in there. Well, it's in there. That's true. We <laughs> represent Midsummer. <laughs> all right. Um, should we get into this? Okay. How's it going, James? Uh, so good, Jake. How are you? Yeah, super fine. Um, I'm back. I'm here. <laughs> yes. After my little st- my stint being open-watered. Yes. And did they find you or did you like ride a dolphin? I made friends with a friendly local shark. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He bit off my leg, but it was enough sustenance for him to swim me back to shore. Also, the shark himself was also in a bit of strife and you helped each other out. Yeah, because he was hungry. Uh-huh. So um, you were like, have me leg. As long as you're taking me back to the shore. Why am I talking like that? Um, I don't know. I guess you were out in the sea long enough to forget the basic building blocks of proper semantic use. What's a pirate's favourite letter of the alphabet? R. No, the C. Oh. You dickhead. Uh, you're right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm back. a ridiculous guess. <laughs> Stupid guess. Uh, I'm back. Uh, I wasn't actually lost at sea. It's very much as you said. I just uh, needed time for my brain. And also, pumping out a lot of episodes like this, It's uh, scheduling's tricky. Sure. Scheduling's tricky, Jake. I'm, a, I'm, I'm bad at scheduling. <laughs> uh, and here we are now, so everyone stop complaining! <laughs> God! Sure. Thanks, thanks for coming in for the interview, James. Um, but I did ask <laughs> and another what, thing! What your strengths were, and you started yelling at me about scheduling. I'm really good at shouting. <laughs> and I'm really good at complaining about scheduling. Yes, a weakness is that I'm too good <laughs> at, at yelling complaining. <laughs> Ask me something I'm bad at, I'll give you a shorter list. Uh, so, Jake, what have you been up to these past few days? Um, Apart from being driven insane by theatre. <laughs> um, well, literally yesterday was when I recorded that solo crazy episode while you were making friends with a shark. I love listening to solo episodes of you. You do? I do, because I can hear you just going insane in the room. Because I feel like I'm a sponge that soaks, soaks some of it up quite often. Just in terms of having another person in the room, it's easier to not go insane. Okay. Because you have like a barometer for someone to be like, Jake, you're being insane. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, Good. Well, I hope someone beyond just you enjoys me when it's just me talking to me and the listener. Uh, when those episodes happen, I uh, time will tell. I do, you I don't really know. hate yourself. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> but sure, yeah. Now, um, but yes. Otherwise, like, I literally recorded that last night after seeing that Peter Pan show. <laughs> yes, how are your um, ears? Are they still ringing? That uh, that rattled me. Um, but yeah, no, my ears are fine. Um, even though I lost one of my, I didn't. I don't think I mentioned I lost one of my earplugs halfway through the show. Oh god! And it was like again because I was in the front row. I was like <laughs> I didn't want to have like this embarrassing scramble to try to find it. 
Um, uh, so, yeah, no. Because so they would have all stopped, though, doing pointed to you and shouted, Wake! <laughs> Everyone! Ah, <laughs> oh, I can't unpack it again. I can't go back there mentally yet. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but, fair yes, enough. no, see, that was literally last night. And so, yeah, after that, I was very grateful. I then had, like, a phone call with a pal. And that, that helped. Along with recording the episode, that also helped me, like, calm down a bit and, like, get back into, like, a... I don't know, some sort of, like, temporary healthy plateau of... Jake Normal. Sure. Yep. Yep, yep. Great. Um, okay. But, yeah. And then had a productive morning up until now, so that's good. What have you, what have you been doing this morning? Um. Oh, like a bunch of personal stuff. Like I don't believe Life you. admin and things. Went grocery shopping. Okay. Yes, don't you yes, need yes. to have a life to do life admin? Wow. <laughs> have you seen River Dolphins? As in the do- dolphins that team up on otters or whatever? Like the actual dolphins that live in the the rivers. I guess that's what a river dolphin is. Yes. Why? Because they're just very scary looking. Oh, with their teeth and everything. Yeah, they're like 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 ugly and pink. Oh yeah, and I think they also like gang up on other animals and like flip them out of the water. They look vicious. Yeah, they look yeah. vicious. Why did you bring that up? Oh well, you just mentioned befriending a shark. <laughs> Didn't just mention that. <laughs> well, it's been swimming around my mind. Oh, much um, like a river dolphin. Much like a river dolphin, and I yeah have never voiced my. Uh, I don't know, the way that river dolphins make me feel. And, you know, we have a podcast, so why not do it? That's <laughs> why we're here. Um, no, I can't say I've thought too much about river dolphins. Keep it that way. Okay. They'll really stick with they you. They turn pink from eating all the shrimp? Oh, probably blood. Pink from blood, pink most from likely. Pink from blood. Um, okay, well, flamingos turn pink from eating shrimp. Is that true? Yeah, I think so. It's definitely something I've heard on the internet. So. I just always thought that that was one of those myths that people say about flamingos. Now I need to know. Now you need to know? Yeah, I'm getting my phone out, guys. Okay, well, I guess I'll sit here, and while you Google why flamingos are pink, I guess I'll start listing animals that I like. I like gores, G-A-U-R, really like muscular, scary buffaloes. Beta carotene, a red-orange pigment that's found in high amounts within algae, brine, fly larvae, and brine shrimp that flamingos eat. So, so, it's, so it's part of the reason. Oh, okay. And, but they're still born pink regardless, like as evolutionary, or they have to eat those things to turn pink? Like, if they were just eating... I think, I think they, like, turn bright pink when they eat those things. I think they're, like, regularly just sort of, like, whitish pink. Oh, okay. So it's like when a vampire drinks blood, they get especially healthy looking. But yeah, I guess so. Is that true? Um, yeah, well, it's the rules of, as I said last episode, I'm reading Dracula you at are. the moment. So everything's vampire-related lately. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they look especially, like, healthy and plumped up. When are you going to just... watch the Bram Stoker's Dracula movie with, like, um, Gary Oldman? Yeah, that's my plan, is to, like, read Dracula and then just watch kind of, like, every Dracula adaptation I can. When you get to the one that I think I've told you about this, the Nosferatu movie, mm. but it's, like, not the Nosferatu movie, it's a movie about the team that make the Nosferatu movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like made in 2001, but it's like set in like whenever they filmed that, like the, what, 50s? Like very early German Impressionist. Okay. And it's all about like them filming it, but Nosferatu is an actual vampire. Okay. And it's like them sort of like realizing that as they film this movie. So when you get to that one, watch it with me because I want to watch that. Okay, sure. Do you know what it's called? Probably called Nosferatu. It's probably called... <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll know it when you see it. When will I see it? When you want to watch it, because you're going to watch all these Dracula movies. But how will I just come across this movie? I guess the internet? You know how you just said you're going to watch every Dracula-related thing you can find? Yes. You know how if you type the word Dracula movie into Google... (laughs) When I say find, I guess I just limited it to, like, finding DVDs. They're all DVDs I have, because I live in 2004. Join me? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, I won't. Um, yes, but anyway, I suppose... (laughs) Um, I'll give my last few hours 
Um, 82 stars. Oh. Um, because that's the last two numbers in my phone number. <laughs> and that's Ooh. the number that my friend called to talk to me. <laughs> okay, bit of a stretch, but I like <laughs> it. I like it. You've not had a busy few hours, I could tell. <laughs> Emotionally busy, but not a lot of anecdotes took place. Not new for Jake. Nope. <laughs> what about you? Thank you. Uh, what about me? Hmm, handsome. Uh, well managed. How about recent things that have happened or that you have done? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, I've done some stuff. Um, work recently has been fine. After um, you all pulled out of the march, there was a lot of paperwork. Oh, yeah, we all pulled out of the march and there was a lot of, lot of hate mail. Yep. Uh, that we had to sort of... <laughs> Where were you? <laughs> yeah. We were waiting for... To be at there. I have to keep... The, I want to keep the hospital secret where I work. Right. But, you know... But if people find out which hospital you work at, they'll start breaking their bones on purpose just for a chance to meet you. What was that? What sort of hospital? What? A witch hospital! Yeah, welcome! Uh, Chlamydia! Oh. Uh, it's a lot of sex-related things at the witch hospital. Oh, I thought that was her casting a spell. <laughs> testicular torsion! Oh. Mm. Is that a thing? Testicular torsion. Yeah, it's where like, your testicle gets like turned around in your ball sack. It gets turned around? Like, like, like it gets all, all Oh, twisted. like testicular torsion, like torsion from contortion? Uh, yeah, I guess or so. Or torsion like it got taut, like it got tight. Uh, I, I, this is where my extent of my knowledge now ends. I just know it's a thing that happens to your balls. Please reassure me, there are people above you in the hospital, right? <laughs> if I come in with these questions, someone will know how to answer it. I feel like I'm meant to say yes. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> well, it's funny because I, the last uh, few days at work, I've been doing a role that is a combination of all of my least favourite parts about the job. Brain surgery. Yeah, brain surgery, <laughs> um, breaking deaths of family members to people, you know, yeah. these sorts of things. They just leave it all to me. Oh, good. Um, no, no, no. I've been doing, um, it's called typing. <laughs> of it? Slow down. Yeah. <laughs> no, like the typist role. Uh -huh. So what that means, Jake, yes, sir. is I sit in a little room mm -hmm. with no windows mm -hmm. uh, in front of a computer. Uh -huh. I put my little headphones on. Yes. And I listen to the doctor's reports on scans. Mm hmm and what I do is, I play it at a slow enough speed that I can understand them. Okay. And then I write down what they say. And then I hit done. And then it gets sent back to them mm. for them to be like, yes, that's been written down correctly. So is this triggering then? His head exploded. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all, no. Because no. most of the things that I look at are just like, compound fracture... Next line, next line. There seems to be bony lesions in the right. Good God. Thing, it's real. James, but that does sound like almost like someone that was really into Beckett decided to write like a postmodern play or well, something. My housemate described it as the world's worst podcast, mm -hmm. um, which it absolutely is. Because you just listen to this, uh, you ticky ticky type it, you hit enter, and then you just hit next and it plays the next one. And there's no talking to your mm. friends, there's no windows, there's no light, there's no nothing. And you just do it. All day. Ugh. And it is one of the most... I've never ended a day at work feeling so mentally drained. Because mm. it's just like looking up, what's stereotaxy? And what's 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 a metaphalangeal carpal... Like all these terms. It's in your hand. It is in the hand, mm. yes. Um, I know that. <laughs> yeah. Actually. yeah, yeah, meta and carpal, I know. Um, <laughs> but... Metacarpal karaoke. Ooh! Ooh is that is something? That that's, that's funny. What would that be? It's like, you, you, get, in the, you get into the car with James Corden. Ew, gross. You bring a hammer. <laughs> yes. And then every time he goes to sing a song, you break one of his fingers. Oh, God. I, I just love that. If it's called Metacarpal Karaoke, I figure it would just be them, but they're aware that they're on television. Oh, but I guess yeah. you could also no, break Jane. I just want to kill James Corden. Okay. Um, <laughs> God. This is all just a ruse to God, get at James. <laughs> Fuck. If you're listening, James, I know you're a dickhead. Um, we all know he's a dickhead. 
Oh, we all know he's a dick. But he was so good in Cats. And he was in that Doctor Who episode. <laughs> where he was like, Oh, I'm a bum dad! Oh, how am I meant to have a baby? I'm like, shut up. Shut up, James Gordon. <laughs> the first time that I ever saw him, he was in One Man, Two Governors, and I thought he was really fantastic in that. Yeah, you've said that before. Yeah, but then, yeah, then he ruined it. <laughs> it being my life. <laughs> <laughs> Um, going back to the idea of your job being listening to a terrible podcast, I've been wanting to experiment. I know we've been just rambling for a while now. Um, I've been wanting to experiment with, you know how they've just got like hot male celebrities like reading you bedtime stories so you can go to sleep? Oh, uh, sort of. I do know about those YouTube videos that are like, they do this. Ready? I'll do an example of go what ahead. they do. It's like, it's like the video of it, the, the title will be called, um, Aggressive Boyfriend Bullies You Before Bed. Yes. And then like, it'll be like... Oh, you think you can go to sleep? Oh, you stupid bitch. Like, it's all shit like that. Wake up! <laughs> Jake's Sweet listener, wake up! <laughs> what? I'm sorry that I'm so soothing. Um, I have listened to one or two of them, and I have enjoyed them. Fully ejaculated. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said otherwise. Um, that's, that's a true fact. Why? Why are you going to listen to some of these? I just thought I would absolutely, like, I don't know whose voice I'd want it to be, but I would love to listen to them just like, reading, as opposed to like, I don't know, like Goodnight Moon. I, I think I'd rather them just be listing random things. Sure, they're very soothing, the, these, these videos, especially when you listen to them at slower speeds, because it does, it goes from a voice like this, into a voice like this. Uh, it's like, oh my god! Mm. Um, I was told when I started, because I'm learning, and it's quite hard, because they speak really fast. Like, mm. they are so fast that you have to play it at half speed. Mm. And I was told, only report on the... Only transcribe the female doctors, because they are the only people that speak with diction enough to understand. Oh. Because sexist. So, well, <laughs> factual. Yeah. Most of the male doctors... Next line... It's just like, guys, mm. what are you doing here? I hope, well, I hope, doctors, I hope you're listening to my theatre podcast. <laughs> and I hope you take a, take note from this. I wonder if my sexual health doctor is still going to story slams. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be nice. Have you gone back to him because you've been so sexually active recently? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I can't go to him specifically because I was just like given him by random chance. It's how the clinic works. Oh, yeah. The Melbourne Sexual Health Clinic. I don't want to disclose. But what if people try to get chlamydia just to meet me? <laughs> Story slam I went to. He has been? Yes. Oh. Never like, talked to him. <laughs> you don't go, hi, I've got a rash. <laughs> Could you look at it? No, because remember that whole debacle? That was such a humiliating visit to the clinic. Yes. Yes. Yes, I so do remember. There's no, I, I'm hoping that he doesn't recognize me. You're kind of hard to not recognize. That's the thing about ogres. Yeah, <laughs> pretty tall. Really pull focus. Pretty ugly. Um, um, anyway. Speaking of celebrities that I would want to read me a bedtime story. Go I'm ahead. A celebrity that I love to bring up whenever it comes to vocal work. Mm -hmm. Can you guess who it might be? Aquafina. Is no, it Aquafina? It's not Aquafina, but that would be a great choice. <laughs> no, terrible choice. Uh, it's Gilbert Gottfried. G oh, yes. Good night, Moses. <laughs> Good night. I, I would love that. Yeah. Yeah, or Olivia Coleman. I keep saying that, but I just love her. Sure. Yeah. No. I. Yeah, that's a really good choice. Sorry, for some reason my mind went straight. I was just like rewatching some of the clips from that. You know that weird Stephen Sondheim thing that happened where all those women were wearing red dresses and just oh, singing God, his songs yes. perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Elaine Stritch did um. I'm still here. And now she's dead. And now she's <laughs> dead. The song was wrong. Uh, and also that wonderful, uh, what's her name? She played uh, Mother Gothel in Rapunzel. Uh, Entangled, sorry. Um, and she did... 
Is she the one who's dead now? I think she did pass. I think her name's like Marnie Mazzy or something. Oh, maybe it's not Marty her. Maslin. Stop guessing. Maury Muzzle. Muzzle. Murky Muzzle. Muzzle. Yes. Um, Murk and Muzzle sounds like a good drag king name. Um, sh- who played the mother in Tangled? Uh, the, it was like I a- always incorrectly think it's Susan Sarandon. That's a, for some reason I fully understand that mistake though. Thank you. But I think uh, that's just because of Enchanted. It was an incredible singer. Who was it? I'll just sing a song that wasn't entangled at all. Look at all. Donna Murphy! <laughs> oh, Donna Murphy! Yeah, yeah, she does that other song from Follies that's like, Look out for the Follies! <laughs> here come the Follies <laughs> up the aisle! No, um, oh my gollies, here come the Follies! Here's <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of Follies! <laughs> I love some lollies. <laughs> we are the follies. Here we come. Um, no, it wasn't that one. It was the one where she's like, oh, leave you, leave you. Oh, How yes. could I leave you? What a great song. She, I listen yeah. to that song like once a day. It's so good. Will I leave you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Boom. So anyway, good. We've been talking for an eternity. Yes. <laughs> Talk about some theatre? <laughs> okay. Hi there, James. Hello, James. Hi, Charlie Josephine wrote a play. It's called One of Them Ones, and I went to see it at Meat Market. You know, in the stables where Gee, the horses oh live. God, I hate whatever you're doing. Um, what? I'm being efficient with my informativeness. It's bad. I like <laughs> the fact that the show is called One of Them Ones. Because? Because it's similar to, what's the other show you said? All the Rest? Yes, All the Rest by Finn McGrath. I, what would you call your show if you wanted it to be like a, like a confusing thing to say in a sentence? <laughs> like, I'm going to go and see One of Them Ones, or I'm going to go and see All the Rest. Um... Oh, I don't know. Nevertheless, also? I don't I'm know. I'm going to go and see Nevertheless, also. Yeah. I don't know. Not what? Great joke. What? No. <laughs> so, so I'm thinking something like, I'm going to go Are and see... Are you saying you want it to be good or you want it to just like... Punny. Blend? Punny. Like it should be like... These aren't punny titles. I'm going to go and see... Like it could be called The Show That Closed. I'm going to go and see The Show That Closed because then everyone will be like, what? How are you going to see that? It closed. This is absolutely your style of humour. Yeah, that it is. is it not is. at all mine in terms of these ideas. Okay. Yes. Like, I imagine you were one of those children that was really excited when you realised that you could name a cat dog if you wanted to. Yes. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> it was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. Everyone in my class loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Um, but okay. That's that's you. Well, okay. <laughs> no yes ending here. Well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> you, say, you like these titles that sound like they're all kind of like titles of the like a Nancy Myers movie. A Nancy Myers movie. Y- yes, not to be like a forty-five year old, but yeah, you know, like a something's got to give. <laughs> it's complicated. Yeah, no, um, yeah, you know how a bunch of her movies just famously have those titles that are just kind of like no. things you say in the middle of sentences. I've already lost interest in what we were talking you- about. You. <laughs> So talk, talk, stop, stop, whatever, talk, whatever you're talking One about. One of them ones the is a play written by Charlie Josephine. Gavin Roach is directing and producing it. It's God. in the Midsummer Festival. Gavin Roach, busy. Yeah, yeah. Busy person. That Roach sure can churn out a show. That, yeah. That's one talented Roach. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, um, it's star. So the show itself is a two-hander. Um, and one of the hands is Jala Black, mm-hmm. um, and the other is Asha Griffith Jones. Um, the first I've never seen perform in anything before. Asha Griffith Jones. Um, I remember loudly, enthusiastically talking about him when I saw that public transportation musical. Oh yes, yeah, that was yeah. the first time I encountered just his like wonderful energy. Like oh. he r- brought to to this show this thing that I just find so wonderful. This thing of like it seems like he was maybe electrocuted like four days ago. <laughs> Somehow there's something. I don't know, urgent and sweet all at the same time about about the way he's at least existed in these two shows. Oh, lovely. Um, I just, yeah, I, I really enjoy spending time watching him 
move around on stage under stage lights. Hmm. I think he's wonderful. He was, yeah. So the show itself, plot wise. <laughs> so it's two siblings. Asher is playing a guy that's getting married tomorrow. And his sibling is with him. And what we kind of see is kind of the aftermath in terms of like very, very recently, it seems that his sibling has decided that having come out somewhat recently as a non-binary trans mask individual that they don't want to wear a dress at the wedding and the woman that Asha's character is about to marry kind of wants, you know, that classic sort of like hyper-binary symmetrical dresses and suits things right. in, in a manner that she's expecting her wedding day to look like. A good um, Catholic girl. Sure, yeah, yeah, and it's kind of, you know, causing a kerfuffle. Is this like the third or fourth show we've seen this midsummer that sort of hinges on weddings? I, my mind says three. Yeah. What? That's interesting. Altar, marriage, and this one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe more so. to come. Ah, uh-huh, who knows? Oh. Midsummer's not done yet. That's true, there could be more weddings on the way. Ooh. <laughs> it could be my own. To who, Jake? Ah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I... You can't marry yourself. <laughs> oh, thank God. Oh, I, no, don't, don't. Don't let me spiral. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm here. That's the only reason I'm here. <laughs> to get your head out. He's hidden his face in a shirt. <laughs> I didn't mean to turtle. Um, <laughs> um, Am I yeah. not turtling enough <laughs> to be at the turtle club? They filmed that scene on 9-11. <laughs> in the Torah Bora Caves. What do you mean? <laughs> The song that you wrote about Osama Bin Laden. As if you remember my Osama Bin Laden How song. How could I forget your Osama Bin Laden song? That Jake wrote when he was a child, so it's fine. But like... It wasn't pro-Bin Laden. <laughs> it's just... That's one of the funniest things I think I've ever heard. Um, they... You know what? This is irrelevant to the yes, show. No, but when they were filming Master of Disguise, the scene where he goes to the Turtle Club was filmed on 9-11. What? They watched the footage of the towers getting hit and falling down, and then he had to shoot that famous scene where he isn't turtle Dressed as a big turtle. For the Turtle Club. <laughs> God, anyway, America's weird. Um, go on. <laughs> anyway, that's all pretty irrelevant to what we're talking about, which is one of them ones. Um, but yes, so it's, it's sort of like... So, like, there's some similarity, I suppose, to Alter. This mm. idea of, like, yeah. a person coming to terms with coming to know the new person that's in front of them. And one person being freshly certain of their truth and having the courage to live in that truth. And then the loved ones around them deciding where they're going to stand in terms of responding to that revelation. Yeah, wow. Well. And a question of, yeah, how, how, you know, how far love can bend, how unconditional it is. And that's kind of what the show is about. And it's, it takes place because Asha's character is painting a house throughout the entire thing in terms of the story. Mm. It involves doing a lot of like very dedicated mime work. With... <laughs> Sorry. No, you can laugh if you want. I just love mime work. You don't love mime no, work. No, I famously hate mime you work. I really don't The moment like that he work. put that roller up against nothing, I was like, James would be furious with this. <laughs> I just think, just get a roller. <laughs> He's got a roller. He doesn't have a wall. <laughs> There's no wall. No. What about behind? What do you mean behind? Like the, what's behind them on the stage? Turn around! <laughs> Turn around! <laughs> You're a terrible painter. Paint You're the missing. floor! <laughs> okay, you know what? Never mind. No, I'm, oh, sure yeah. they, I'm sure that they mind convincingly. <laughs> Well, the tricky thing about a roller is it, it doesn't, doesn't roll. Okay, see, you're still mad. And Sorry, you see, no, you seem to be promising that you wouldn't angry. get mad about yeah, it. Yeah, no, I hear it. I hear it too. <laughs> Go on, the tricky thing about a roller. <laughs> no, you'll, you'll just get triggered. No, no, say it. Say well, it, Jake. If, you, if you mind painting with a roller, if there's nothing for the roller to press upon, it doesn't roll. There we are. Yep. Yes. <laughs> no, I get it. It's one thing. But that's that's a component of how it functions. But question, though. Go ahead. The, 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 what, I really, what I really get upset with miming is when it's done 
apropos of nothing. Like, if it's done out of the blue. Like, in a show that, like, for example, times that I've been upset with miming has been when they've, like, pulled out a pencil and paper and written something down for real. And then they pulled out a fake pot and pretended to use a pot on a kitchen. So I was like, why would you have some props <laughs> and then pretend that some are there? So, budget, bitch. <laughs> just mime budget. it all. Oh, mime it all. Mime it all. Mime and none. You know, I don't think you should pick and choose unless it's like a really obvious reason. Like it's mm. an invisible pot. Well, I'd say in your play that you just invented that I'm not going to make you defend. But like, is the pot essential to the like the scene that's happening? Because they pre- just not pretend making spaghetti. Let's, pre- let's pretend the pen and paper wasn't either. It was just like uh, they were like doing something to pass the time. Mm. You know? And mm. they had the pen and paper, but they don't have the pot. It's like, what is that? What are you doing? Yeah. Often when these things sort of come up, I think of, and I've referenced it before, like when I saw that um, it was directed by Leticia Caceres that production of Cock that happened at the MTC mm. and they didn't have any like there were even like lines where it's like can I take your coat can I put your thing over here and they would just say the lines but no one would do anything to correspond to the action oh that's kind and of great yeah and it was just understood like oh yeah in the scene they take their coat and put it on the rack we don't need to see them put the coat on the rack you see yeah which I is like cool. that. That's, I think that's cool. And that's also like a very interesting stylistic thing to do. It was something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not getting angry at this show. I'm just... No, you're getting angry yeah. at mine. <laughs> yeah, I'm always Which is mine. not embarrassing and don't let anyone make you think that. What, Speaking... you, it's either that or be obsessed with mine. They're, they're the two options. <laughs> Those are the two options. You need to pick a side. Yeah. It's, it's in the great mime war. It's very polarizing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it just reminded me of like when I saw Iago a couple of days ago. Yes. There was this moment of mime that I also thought of you because I thought James would be mad. Yeah, I'd, hate it. I'd hate it. They were, they were smoking near a window. Mm, they had a cigarette. Okay. Um, they were not smoking it because I guess you can't have fire inside. Um, but when they threw it out the window, they mimed the window. What do you mean? That, as in, like, there was no window there? Okay, say you're standing, just in a room. I'm, I'm there, I'm Okay, you. you take your hands. Yep. Okay, you put them out like you're doing the Macarena. Oh, no, they pretended to open Put your hands out like you're doing the Macarena. Okay, and now, you know, the second and third moves of the Macarena is you turn your hands up yep, that I way. Yeah, I just did that. Great, now lower them down to about your waist height, like your hip height. Okay. Great, okay, now adjust them forward a little. Yep, and now pull up. Towards I'm the roof. Not Do it. To open a fake window in front of you. <laughs> I've done it up until that point. I'm not going to open the fake uh, window. I almost got you. Almost got me to mine, you bitch. Um, that's really funny. You know what? What? I'm not going to say anything because I didn't see the show. <laughs> so your screams wouldn't be tethered enough to <laughs> to little details. That's not a real window. <laughs> um. An interesting dynamic element of the way this script worked was there was this, there was this like almost like a meta devicey stuff happening in terms of there was this sense of like they understood what was going on as a narrative, as characters. Okay. But then now and then there'd be these like breakaway moments where they'd allude to the fact of knowing that they were telling their story to the audience. Oh. And they were even like, Additionally, meta moments too, where like one of them would remark upon the fact that the other actor had gotten to, had a, like had a chance to solitarily represent their experience or opinion via monologue, um, oh. and the other one was like, "Oh, well, if you get to do that, then I get to do one too." Like that type of back and forth too. Interesting. Oh, yeah, I don't know why I like that, but I like that. Yeah, well, you like those sorts of. Things. I do love that sort of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah um, I'm not sure why I like that so much. I just think it's nice when characters are sort of semi-self-aware, because mm-hmm. we know it's a world of theatre. I think it's nice to see it sort of be like, these are characters; they mm-hmm. know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I love a play within a play. You do, you do. Uh, a dynamic too that as well was kind of like also happened in Alter in a different fashion and via different means was the effort upon the trans individual's part to try to explain to the other character they were in the show with the experience of transness, kind of like the sociological phenomenon of it, and 
yeah, and trying to help them grasp gender broadly. I'd say in one of them ones, I'd say it was a conversation more rooted in trying to understand foundational elements of the mm. social understanding of what gender is, mm. like talking about gender performativity and the idea of being put in those sorts of like gender boxes. Oh, sure. You know, whereas yeah, Alter's version of that, I suppose, was much more... I, I, I say like, like you, by now you've seen Alter as well. Yes. Was a bit more emotionally based and also rather like, I don't know, more on the kind of like anecdotal intimate that end of the spectrum. But yeah, so I guess if we, if you were to pick like a high point of my emotional experience of this play, I'd say it would be stuff relating to like the sibling relationship. Mm. I think I have like a number now of like a handful of like, um, it's, I think if, like running through the list of them in that handful, it's all like two handers about siblings going through nonsense. And by the end, they've either acknowledged their closeness or found some new closeness. This is a list of shows? A list of shows about siblings. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's a thing that I find myself really... It's not a type of show that I seek out. But I, I guess there's something in me that likes stories about siblings. I mean, sibling relationships are like, some of the most unique relationships, I think, in mm. the world. Just because you spend so long growing up together and that's going to do stuff to your relationship. But what about a man and his windmill? That's a pretty unique relationship as well, don't you find? Do you mean La Man of La Mancha? Does he have a windmill? Yeah, he's like a... Well, he, he fights a windmill because he thinks it's a giant. Oh, is he a smart man? Uh, he's, he's crazy. He thinks he's a knight, but he's actually just like a... I think he's an author, like a like a rich statesman that goes crazy. Is that the show where the girl gets kicked in the head by a horse? Nope, that's Light in the Piazza. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's Light in the Piazza. That's a different... different uh, um, that's Man of La Mancha, Light in the Piazza. I see the confusion. <laughs> yeah, they're both... Is Man of La Mancha... Is he Italian? He's Spanish. It's by Don Quixote. The 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 no. His his name is Don Quixote. It's it's the story of Don Quixote. The da, Don Quixote, the man of La Mancha. Did I make yes, that song? Yes, yeah, that's it, real. It, it is I, Don Quixote, the man of La Mancha. To be correct. Oh. Um, <laughs> you sounded like this. I'm sorry to you and to the Spanish speaking community. Hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm James. Hello, James. And I went to see a show at the Motley Bay Hayes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, I went to see Daddy mm-hmm. uh, by Brent Thorpe. Great. <laughs> you like how factual this is so yeah, far? That's good. Keep it dry. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's all about. Um, went to see Daddy uh, by Brent Thorpe at Motley Bay House. Yeah. I took my mum. Oh, wow. Took okay. mummy to see Daddy. Okay. And uh, look... Just for the fun of that sentence? No. Why did you think Linda wanted that? Well, we, we were having drinks with, with mum and dad, and we were, they were, they were, I was just saying that I, I have some spare tickets to some shows, and, and mum was like, oh, I want to come see some shows, and I was like, oh, I've got a show on this night, and this night, and this night. Mm. And basically she chose the night. Okay. And, and I just didn't realise. She that. chose she the night. She chose the night. <laughs> and now she's yeah. Super Linda. <laughs> hey. She already is Super Linda. Oh my god, that's beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. All women are superheroes. <laughs> well, nurses are superheroes. As long as they choose the nut. As long as they choose the nut. So, we, yeah, so I didn't realise it was going to be daddy. So I had to sort of text my mum beforehand and I was like, hey, mum, I've done a little bit more of research into what the show is. I'm just giving you a heads up. I, from what I can tell, and this is from what I did some, some scouting on the Instagram because I just wasn't sure, it's a little bit more raunchy than I had anticipated. And she's a virgin, right? Well, rightly so, she replied back saying, I'm, you know, in my 60s and I've been a nurse for 40 years. So, like, 
Not much that's going to surprise her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's a fair point. So she was not phased. Uh, and we went along and saw it. And door opened up into the black box space downstairs. Immediate smoke machines, lasers, and two sexy go-go boys. Okay. In nothing but jockstraps. Okay. So these two, as it turns out, are Matt Cavagnino and Patrick Phillips. Um, who are so beautiful. Like, they're just... Obviously, the first thing we notice is their looks. Because they are just there... Almost naked, dan- then they're dancing to to um oh, who is it Jesse Ware, of course, uh, dancing and dancing, and they're just so gorgeous. Like Patrick is just like this. If you if I say the word beautiful, if I say the three words, okay, <laughs> beautiful blonde twink. Yes, whatever you're picturing, that's what Patrick Phillips looks like. Oh, just like a quintessential beautiful gorgeous twink. Okay, uh, and then Matt is just like this gorgeous. The hairy, like... Gorgeous in that he looked like a gorge. <laughs> Am I understanding your word choices? You get words. I do. You know what I'm talking about. No, he's like a man. Like, he's oh like... Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, where, where Patrick is, like, Twinkie, Matt is, like, this beautiful, like, built, hairy man. I'm just going to get caught up in how beautiful they are. Yeah, I can, yeah I can see the moans coming. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, like, this show is sexy. Okay. Anywho. So, they're dancing. Um... <laughs> Butthole You're is, horny with I'm your mother. Horny with my mother. <laughs> Mum and I are both just wet and hung. <laughs> okay, a night out for the Hardies. That's good. It was a weird <laughs> it was a weird night. A weird night. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up, it's gonna be a bumpy ride. So we're both laughing and horny and laughing. And um, you know, both of them are flashing their bum holes. Like, it's the whole situation. They're flashing their bum Flashing hole. their bum holes, like, through dance. Okay. You know? Like, it, it's full on. Uh, and then my brain, because you know me, I have bad brain disease in that I see a pretty looking gay person and I assume they're evil and mean. Okay, yes. Or every time. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how often I'm. Dis- this is disproven. Mm-hmm. I will always assume that they're mean and evil. So the music stops at some point. The mm-hmm. audience is mostly filled up and w- the music stops because it gets to the end of the song. And these two beautiful men are just left dancing with no music. Yeah. And there's a moment of like, when's the show going to start? And then one of them, I think Patrick is like, can we have another song, maybe? Oh. <laughs> and there's like this really beautiful moment where like, there's like, they're, they're sort of still dancing really like into it. And then they're like, or oh, we could just like, Someone play some. Someone play some music, or someone make some songs. So like, <laughs> make some, make some songs. <laughs> and so Matt goes off to go and speak to the sound person, and Patrick gets you just left to sort of talk to the audience while still being this like, like scantily dressed sexual being on stage, mm. and it's just immediately this wall of evil gay that I have constructed in front of him falls down, uh-huh. and he's just like this charming, wonderful person, and like, he's sorry, like, which one is left talking to you? Uh, blonde twink, Patrick. Patrick. Yep. Okay. So Patrick is like, <laughs> blonde twink. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> the man or the twink? Yeah, talk to me in rude, yeah. objectifying gay, if you could. Yeah, I'd love yes. to. Uh, so Patrick is left talking to us, and straight away is just like, he's like, so are you enjoying your midsummer so far? <laughs> so yeah, oh, stand up. Really sweet. Does this like moment of stand up, and like, there's this sort of like. Yeah, it's pretty good from the audience. And it's like, oh, great. I've just moved down here to, like, for the show. It's like, oh. like, we start getting like a little slice of Patrick's life. He's like, I've, just, I've moved down from Sydney. I'm really liking it down here. Like, oh. this is really great. And it's just like straight away, oh, 
This is already lovely. That is so nice. That would never be my compulsion. No, absolutely not. Oh my god. To just start telling people about myself just to pass the time. When you're this beautiful, I feel like you can do whatever you want. (laughs) Like, it's fine. You can just say whatever. Legally, you're the mayor. (laughs) I would give you my house, you know? Um, So Matt comes back, the music starts back up, and they start dancing again. And then... And you're back to hating them. We're back (laughs) back to like, you evil fuck. That was all a lie. Patrick, I know your truth. This was scripted. You never moved here. (laughs) Likely story, bitch. <laughs> Anywho, so they, they get back into dancing and then the show begins. I should point out at this point, the audience, I've turned around and had a look, there's only one other um, woman in the audience. Okay. It is otherwise entirely like old poofs. Old poofs. Old poofs. As, okay. as like old gay men. Okay. And, and like middle-aged gay men, older gay men. It was really like, Lovely, because mm-hmm. it's just like a crowd you don't often see, at, sure. like out and about, especially like at shows about sexy nightclub life. Okay. Anywho, and you got to feel young. I always feel young, Jake. Okay. <laughs> I was probably the youngest in the audience, to be fair. Oh yeah. Like yeah, that, that older crowd. So anywho, out comes Daddy. Yep. So Brent Thorpe. Yes. The man is in his sixties. Mm-hmm. He's built like a shit brick house. Oh, God. Like he is just muscular. His hair is beautiful, he's gorgeous, and he's wearing, like, one of those gym wrestling leotards. Are they the ones that are... It's the ones that's, like, like a deep chest... Deep, yeah, yeah, deep chest with, like, the straps that go over the shoulder. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so he's wearing, like, a black one of those. And then do they have leg bits? How much like, thigh do you have covered? Like A lot of... You have a lot of thigh showing. Revealing, it's like, okay. It's quite revealing. It's, like, probably... But it's not, like, a Borat outfit. No, it's not. <laughs> No. No. <laughs> I like that that's your reference. Of course. The mankini, as we call it. So he's wearing his little little mankini situation. Yes. Um, and he's got like this big feather boa. And he comes out like, not, it's not a feather boa. It's one of those feather boas that's like one of the most expensive versions of a feather boa you've ever seen. Where it's like built up thick reams of fabric rather than feathers. I, 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 it's okay. It's okay. So I'm not. <laughs> so I can see you computing. I've right. <laughs> I barely comprehended the wrestling outfit. I, did you hear me try to explain a wedding dress yesterday? I, sh- <laughs> I did. It's got pearls. It came from the ocean. Oh, uh, you're an idiot. So, anywho, so he comes out. Um, the d- daddy's boys, as we later find out, the two others are called daddy's boys. They're his sons. Well, yeah, in many, in, in a way, in a way, <laughs> yeah, in okay. the way of he's their daddy. Okay, so they take off the the his sunnies and his uh, feather bow. They take him off, and then it's just him. And he pulls out the microphone, and I'm expecting him to be like, "G'day, welcome to the show." But oh. he pulls out the microphone. And he goes, "Hi, I'm Brent. Welcome wow. to the." And I'm glad he didn't sound like a spooky pirate. <laughs> <laughs> I love a spooky pirate. Yeah, that would be good. Where's that cabaret? Dude, what's the premise? It's just a spooky pirate talking about his life. Much like this was, except it was a, a 60-year-old gay man talking about his life. As opposed to a spooky, spooky pirate. pirate. Yeah, you know, you know. I think I get it. Do you know how cabarets work? <laughs> Anywho, so he then goes into, and the show, it, it worked out to be... Oh my god, sorry. And last thing about the spooky pirate, he could call it a crabaret if he wanted to... Mm. He, if he wants. <laughs> Look, it's not the best. I know. What about a... What? Mm. Ca- cabarar. Or cabare. Cabare. <laughs> That's better, actually. We got there in the end. We did. Uh, Brent, if you're listening and you want to do a spooky pirate cabaret, <laughs> reach out. <laughs> um, or if you want to sleep with me. He's really attractive. Okay. Yeah. Anywho. <laughs> Please, no, by all means, use the podcast to seduce men. <laughs> and we have an email, presdionysis at gmail.com. Um, anywho. So the show is, it's a... It's a uh, one man show essentially with two sexy men being props on the side. Great. Yeah. 
terrific, um, as they should be. So, yes, yeah, so I'll just dive in. He sort of goes into like a bunch of different things. He talks about all sorts of stuff. He talks about it's about his life growing up mm-hmm. and about his life as a gay man. And he starts to show off talking about saying um, he's a, he's in his sixties. He's a gay man. He, um, he tries to keep up with gender politics as best he can. He's respectful and all of this, but you know. He's he's not gender diverse. He's not um, he's not trans in any way. He's just a gay man, and that's all he's ever been. That's all he is. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know straight away sets up what we're about to watch. Uh, and he goes on and just talks about uh, his life and what he's done and how he sort of has come to reach this place in his sixties of self acceptance as like like a kinky gay daddy and what that means for him. Mm. Um, and the whole show was really gorgeous. Because um, not only is he sort of talking about these kinky s- stories that he's been up to um, and things that he does that straight people might not approve of necessarily, but he also has like citations and references throughout the entire thing. So he will finish one of his long like monologues about life. And he's, just side note, so charming mm. and so like good at engaging with the audience and so clearly knows the subject matter that he's talking about so well that he's able to just sort of take a break from what he's saying, have a thought that's just popped into his head and say it, and then go straight back to it with no, like, real break. What is his background? Has he, like, been performing for a long time? So, so he hasn't been performing for a long time. Okay. Um, let me... Where was I? Let me... I'll, I'll do that then. So, yeah, so he spoke about um, how in his fuck it 50s, he said. Okay. Um, which is when you get to your 50s and you just go, fuck it, I'm just going to do what I want. Yeah. Um, he joined an acting class. Okay. Um, and he said he was the old poof in the class, the, that, that old theatre gay in the class. Uh, and he studied there and he learned acting and now he's getting into performing now in his 60s and his late 50s. Um, which is, as a 28 year old gay man, yes, I myself in gay years am more or less dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a lot of issues personally of like, it's too late in my life to start anything. It's too late in my life to ever achieve anything and I've left things too late. Seeing Brent Thorpe up there at 60 and if I look as half as good as he does, if I do as half as much as he's doing at 60, I'm going to be a happy man. Mm -hmm. So that in itself was already like really rewarding and and, and reassuring to see on stage. Mm -hmm. Um, I need need to backtrack because I'm jumping all over the place. So, So... the fact that he's only been studying that long and he's like only been doing shows that long and he's already that comfortable in front of a crowd mm-hmm. is so impressive. Um, but his, his day job, he's a painter. He's a, he's a tradie. And he, oh, wow. Like yeah, a house painter. Like a house painter, exactly. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, oh! Oh, my God! There you go! When a through line uh, starts coming uh, together, yeah. There you go. Cha-cha-cha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he was talking about how he did... Um, one of, just as like a side note as to like the sort of person he is that I really love, he was talking about how... Um, he had been painting for this couple, painting their apartment or something, or painting a kitchen wall or something. And um, the wife got back and was like, oh my god, it's beautiful, but it looks slightly different. And he was like, yeah, because I didn't paint it the colour you told me to. I picked a better one. <laughs> I just thought, and he said, he said it with such a shit-eating grin, and he's just this little camp smug man. And then she was just like, yeah, it is better. Fair oh. enough. God, that's nice. Isn't that nice? And he's like, I also styled it differently to how you told me because I just, I know better. It's like, yeah, he does. Oh my God. So lovely. Like, he's just such a, so charming. I could watch him do anything. So, but as I was saying, he has all these citations and references that he brings up the whole show through. So he'll finish talking about um, uh, his experience in the Catholic church growing up, Mm. like going to a Catholic boarding school and what that was like. And then at the end of that story, he'll rattle off like, you know, as per the study done by blah, blah in 2018, they found that X percent of blah, blah, and just 
has these facts and digits all at his disposal. Mm. So much so that by the end of the show, Mum and I, we, we met, met him after the show to say, because we loved it, we met him after the show to say congrats. And um, we are, Mum specifically was like, I need you to give me those citations because everything you were, they all sounds fascinating. Like he was quoting from like, um, and this is one of the other things that I really loved about the show. It's a really great example of uh, queer elder, like what, what, a, what a gay elder is mm. and what that means and what that looks like. Um, and I was having a conversation with someone about um, some of the, you know, the troubles in the world now. Jack. Are there troubles? Troubles? No! Right here in the big city. Fuck! <laughs> and we, we were talking about the how the queer community and the gay community is often one of the first ones to get like galvanized into sort of spreading all the information and sharing all the information and getting whipped into action. Mm. And how there seems to be this huge disconnect between like older gay people and younger gay people because older younger gay people are so connected to the online and the the international usually US centric politics and mm-hmm. that world yeah. that they sort of miss and don't get connected to the older gay, gay people in their local area around them right now yeah. and this show was one of those really fabulous moments of oh these old gay people that are out there doing it in my area uh, they're, they're out there doing it and, and this is what they're doing mm. and I, it was just yeah so for that reason alone it was really fantastic to see Brent just doing his thing and I think they're trying to take the show to Edinburgh next year so for him to like take it somewhere else mm. I'm really excited yeah. um, another thing that happened during this show I'm going to jump around a whole bunch another thing that happened during this show which sounds like the absolute inverse of your experience at Peter Pan tries oh. to kill you show <laughs> yes <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm Peter Pan here's a gun bang 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 <laughs> That's theatre, baby. Um, so, rather, we there was a point in the middle of the show mm-hmm. where Brent sort of speaks about the dad, how he sort of discovered some of his some of himself on the dance floor, and how he loves going. Like he went to the Burheim and he loves dancing at clubs, and how it's part of who he is. And he was like, "If you want to come and join me, oh god, <laughs> but this yeah, is yeah. how he did it. He I trust like, you. Yeah, if you want to come and join me up on this dance floor and be a part of my 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 dance floor family, please, you're more than welcome. And, and this was like midway through the show. You yeah, said midway. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, and mum and I were both, because mum, my mum loves to dance. She loves to dance. And so she was like, oh, we've got to go. And I was like, well, we've got to get up. And so we, we both got up. Oh, my God. A bunch of people got up from the audience. Ah! And then, like, halfway through the show, it's like, lights start flashing. And we just have, like, a disco boogie on that little front of the, um, <laughs> as you did. You know, you know what it looks like at the front of a stage. You know, <laughs> you know the floor. <laughs> and there are just there are chairs pointing out. <laughs> So imagine, if you will, we're on that flat bit, yeah? <laughs> if you can. You've caught up? Okay. So lights start flashing and it feels like we're at a disco and we start dancing and it's a little awkward at first. Yeah. And it's like a bit nervy. But then you start looking around and I'm like, oh my God, this is just like a group of gay men dancing with like, and, and, and having fun and connecting and laughing and being like, this is so silly. How long were you all dancing for? It was like a good like... I'd say less than five minutes, but it was like a good like enough time to like have an experience. Yes, absolutely enough time for me to turn around, have a look, um, have a chat with someone, and be like, "This is so great!" And he was like, "Yeah, this is great. I really love it." Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then um, I turned around. My mum was dancing in the middle of uh, Daddy and Daddy's boys. The three of them were just around her, and they were oh. having a dance. Oh my god! Which is very Linda Hardy. Uh, and then I turned around, and this is something that we the bread brought up when we had a chat with him after the show. 
the most touching part of the show was him. For him, was this old boy gets up and starts joining in. He's probably in his like late eighties, maybe nineties. Like this older man who can't really move around that much or dance, but he gets up and he's joining us on the dance floor mm. and he's connecting with this group of gay men who are dancing. That I don't know. Like when he was my age, he probably wouldn't have been able to get out and do that, and he wouldn't. I, I just imagine what that must have been like for him and what that must have been like for Brent in particular to see that happen at one of his shows that mm. he created for yeah. that to happen. That was just a really special moment. And then there was a really, it was done well where you could see Brent was sort of like murmured something to daddy's boys and then they sort of ushered us back down to our seats. Ah, It was just, it was handled really, really well. And for the Jakes, were people allowed to just stay seated? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. No, it was, come heaven. and join. It was very much like, if you would like to come and join us, please. Otherwise, please just stand and sit and watch. That's fine. Great. It was really, really wonderful. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. It was really, really lovely. Mm. I'm just going to rattle off some other things about the show that I really loved. Uh, one of Brent's, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, hats. <laughs> <laughs> Canaries. No, shut up. When you have like a, a, a message in your life. What's it called? Fuck. A message like, in your life? Mantras? Ma- yeah, mantra. That's actually it. When okay. one of the- <laughs> Look at you, dude. Oh <laughs> wow. Not just a face. Oh, yeah, very yeah. well. Yes. Uh, one of, one of uh, daddy's mantras yes. is when I get to the end of my life and I'm being put in a box and that box is being taken to the oven, will I have room in that box to take all of these insecurities and things that I'm shameful of with me? Oh. No, I won't. So why would I carry it with me until that point? Oh. Which I just thought was just a really nice and succinct way of putting that because that's a lot of what the show is about. Um, is about if you own everything that you are and you let go of, like, it's not as easy as it sounds, but if you let go of the shame and you just own the things that you are, you tell people what your weird kinks are, you don't care about it, it's fine. Mm. What... What are, what are people going to do to try and stop you? If, if you're not shamed by anything, then there's no power over you to make you feel shameful. And he sort of goes on to say that that's what he thinks a lot of like homophobia is. It's, it's heterosexual people who are stuck in their way of life, seeing gay men live this, you know, arguably like more promiscuous, more free, more um, enjoyable experience. To For some. some. To some. <laughs> yes. but, but from the point of view, and he has this story that stuck with my mum after the show. Yeah. Uh, where he's at one of his jobs as like a tradie and he's talking to Ray, who is like this um, other tradie on the job. And he's, uh, Ray looks absolutely exhausted. And um, he sort of asks Ray, what are, you, what are you doing? What's wrong? Why are you tired? What's, what's happening? And Ray sort of goes on to talk about how like, oh, I've, you know, I'm in my 40s and I've spent the last 10 years with my wife and, and I just have to get up every morning and come to this job and go home and pick up food on the way home and make food when I get home and then I need to go to sleep and try to sleep and then get up and do it all again in the morning. And I've been doing that for 10 years. And Brent talks about how sorry he felt for Ray in that moment because he could just see this vibrant like man and he said, I, I imagine if I had told Ray, put on a jockstrap, come and dance with me instead tonight. Just come and do it. Ray might have said yes. Mm. And um, after the show, my mum was like, God, that really... Because that's what we did when we, when we were raising you. Like, that's how we felt. Like, it's that feeling of, what are we doing? And why are we doing this? Um, which is just a, a moment in the show that, that made me feel sad. Mm. Um, but hopeful, presumably? Or oh, something? but hopeful. I think it's just, it's that, it's... It's horrible seeing the entanglement of heteronormative lifestyle and homosexual, uh, homosexual uh, and homophobic thoughts and how they can get entangled like that. I think that's quite scary. Mm. Um, yeah, completely. And I think too, I don't know how connected this feels like it is, but I've certainly been like, uh, like pals of mine recently. There's been like a real uptick in like game, like like straight pals of there, like straight men wanting to kind of like indulge in elements of homosexual culture and behavior that mm. isn't sex. 
but it's like components of the thing you're describing um, and it sounds like it was in this show as well this idea of like the freeness that can come with mm. versions of the homosexual lifestyle yeah. to simplify things interesting that that particular like, I guess particularly adventurous straight men or at least like open minded straight men are dabbling in lately oh interesting it's just like a trend I've noticed just anecdotally from people no I think I think you're right I definitely have I think that's definitely on the rise mm. which is probably for the best sure um, I think as as we've spoken about as and as Brent then goes on to talk about um, he speaks about the the pride um, the Mardi Gras up in Sydney that happened recently that mm. Flynn and I actually went to who is that? my uh, partner I met him at this show you met I met him at this show oh yeah. during the dance part. yeah he was the third dancer yeah oh incredible yeah, yeah. congratulations he's my partner of three years everybody <laughs> and we went up to World Pride uh-huh. uh, and we crossed the Mardi the, what crossed the uh, Sydney Harbour Bridge which is the thing that Brent talks about and he says how wonderful it felt how emotional it was but he also says how someone pulled up in a car at one point and shouted something disgusting which I won't repeat on this mm-hmm. um, at the crowd to sort of like try and put them off their pride and his reaction Brent's reaction was good like it's important that people remember that there are people out there that still want us dead. Like, there are people out there that still want us to die, that don't want us to be around, that will do anything within their power to just make us feel shamed and worse and and less than what we are. Mm. Um, And I think the more and more people, more and more straight men that are getting involved in, like, elements of gay life, the less likely that'll be. But it is also that thing of, like, how can you dabble in it and not also take on the the fear that comes with it the the not the shame but like the history of what it means to be a gay man mm. sure well there's a conversation about privilege isn't it and I, oh, I, God, get yeah. it's, I guess it's also a conversation about cultural appropriation well yeah that as well yeah yeah another funny thing that happened uh, was Brent sang his song Brown Caviar which is about <laughs> why are you staring at me <laughs> it's about sexual poo oh yeah it's about scat it's about scat play which is one of the moments of the show where it's like, you really do have no shame. In like a wonderful way. In like a, yeah, he's, he's just sort of sings about, he's like a whole song and I, he has a whole bunch of wo- like words for it that he says. It's hilarious. Mum and I were laughing. Okay. Um, but he, yeah, it's just like, how wonderful to see a man who is so at peace and happy with who he is that he can sing a whole song about what is, you know, one of the more out there and more frowned upon I guess of kinks sure and to be like just proud of who you are and just say yeah this is what I do I, I love it and they love it and and no one can make me feel shamed about that that's good yeah I can see your you don't like that's I'm, fair I don't oh, like either I'm, ju- I, I'm just not very good at discussing anything fecal anything <laughs> <laughs> poo and pee don't ugh. yeah okay sorry um, <laughs> yeah yeah no, no, but of course I feel no, no, nothing negative about people that are into that type of thing. I'm just not. Why? God, in you, a should, way... you should hear him when the microphone turns off. What do you? What do you? What? Oh, I'm, it's a joke, Jay. Oh, you're suggesting to people that I'm secretly full of hate speech. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Look. Yeah. No, I. I just. I really. I did. Had no idea what to expect going in to see this show. I. I expected at best like maybe like a sexy dance routine, and I just got like a full, what felt like. A lecture and history lesson in queer history of of what is gay Melbourne and Sydney and and from a charming man, I just, it felt like a gay Bible, being it felt like a gay biblical story being told to us by a gay man, and I just loved it. Mm. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, I, I think if, if it comes back, and I hope it does, I think you should definitely go and see it. I think it's the sort of thing you would like in particular, Jake. Yeah, it sounds wonderful. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so thanks, Brent. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Patrick. You're all great. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out! <laughs> Good. <laughs> They'll appreciate that, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really, I really loved it. Good stuff. Hey James. Hello Jake. Hi, I recently went to a show in the same space that you were just in during that story. Oh my god! Yeah, the, the Motley Bauhaus. The Motley Bauhaus, the downstairs room. Downstairs, you know the Motley Bauhaus. We yes, do. Yes, we're yes. both nodding our head in agreement. That's it. You're familiar? Yes, familiar. I went with tall Canadian man. Whose name is? A secret. <laughs> um, yes, but we went. We went inside and we were greeted by two people that were handing out soup. <laughs> <laughs> Ha! <laughs> the show itself was called Perpetual Stew. So it wasn't called Perpetual Soup. It wasn't, was it? no. But they gave us soup and then kind of they're like, not that we requested an explanation, but one of the people handing out the soup was like, we want you to feel cozy. Aww. And I was like, ooh, that's nice. That's a nice way to enter a show. <laughs> yes, it did also try, like the soup tried really hard to make me sleepy during the show though. Wait, you got actual soup? What did you think I was talking about? Well, I just think I always get confused when there's food at shows because I know there's a whole bunch of like health and safety stuff around like handing out food at shows. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, it. That's that is true. Oh, sure. Um, yes, wait, so when you said we were offered soup, you think maybe they were like, would you like some soup? And I would say yes, and they would say, that's interesting. Or, or they'd be like, <laughs> absolutely, sign all these forms. You know, that's what I imagine. <laughs> sure. Would this be technically considered a preset? Were they in the space? Oh, well, they weren't. No, well, they weren't performers or anything. It was more of like, it, oh. felt, it felt more like catering. <laughs> oh. Which was wonderful. And wow. then, like, then they're like the soup heater thing, like the, you know, those big angry thermoses. Bay Marie. It's like a Bay Marie, but like a more like a, like a, like a, like a tank. <laughs> oh. More like a, like, like a, a silo. Like a little. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Little little soup silo that then just like sat in the back left corner during the show. Anyway, so would you say it was a perpetual soup? Uh, no, I don't think it's perpetual, but it was a soup. I can verify the soup status. Next show, next show. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Um, yes, perpetual stew. I thought was uh, maybe the golden medalist. Not that we're ranking things. Gold medalist for like most evocative title of the midsummer this year. Yeah, I just like the idea of a perpetual stew. Yeah, I love a perpetual stew. It's many, very medieval. What? Do you, wait, is perpetual stew a term that exists? Yeah, perpetual stew is like in like medieval taverns. You would have like a, a stew going that you would just constantly add to and take out of, and that would oh. be a perpetual stew. And there's also a thing that you know has recently been making the rounds on the the memes. Um, <laughs> it's a perpetual one day blinding stew, and it's a stew that you would give to someone who's being too rowdy in the bar, and it would cause temporary blindness for one day so that you could get them out of the bar. Was this a real thing? Yeah. Blinding gonna... soup. There's, there's like a bunch of recipes for one day blinding stew. Really? Yeah. That's real. And it's not a current day practice. God, no. no. Well, not that I know. It might be somewhere in the world. But oh. um... oh, was that where the expression like making yourself blind like through drinking comes from? Drinking yourself like... blind. Oh. Is that that? Shut up. I'm going to look that up right now. Hold on. Yeah? Well, what am I going to do over here while you do that? You could pause the recording. I could do that, but I you know, don't want to be dishonest to the, the sweet, sweet listener. Um, why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> when are you ever honest? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we sat in the front row very, very courageously um, and sipping on our soup and waiting for the perpetual stew to begin. <laughs> uh, no, no. It's just drinking to, until you're so intoxicated that you can see no better than a blind man is where that saying comes from. So no. Oh, okay. It's not for its root to also be kind of an analogy. <laughs> like it's for a simile to be the beginning of that saying. Stew of one day blindness. Have you forgotten what we're doing on this podcast? <laughs> yeah. Because you're just, I'm witnessing you falling into a rabbit hole of etymology. I just want to know where this, double check this. Come on, check your body, baby, do that conga. So I've done some more research. Uh-huh. 
I've fallen victim to internet fallacy. <laughs> <laughs> Not real. What the the stew that makes you blind? For perpetual a day. stew is real, but perpetual stew of blinding is not. It's a meme. There's, it's a meme. It's well, I'm glad that meme. you didn't spread misinformation. I almost did. Yeah, nearly. Yeah, 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 nearly. But I but I did some research. I educated myself, and I can now say that it was wrong, and I apologize. That's a lesson about checking your sources, and also your stews, also <laughs> your soups. Yes, of which you had some sitting in the audience. Look at you. <laughs> Bring it out back. Bring it back. Segways. Yes. So yes, watching the show, and so then the show begins, and then a person comes out and explains to us that kind of like the premise of the show is that we're going to see a series of scenes and whatnot that kind of circulate around the idea of like dinner tables and food and food being consumed is kind of like the through line or at least like the connective tissue between all of the things that are about to happen in the road. Okay, lovely. Yeah. Sketch show with a theme. Sort of, yeah. But even, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we could call it a sketch show, I suppose. Yeah. You seem like you're going through some moral hoops over there. (laughs) Well, just, I don't know, sketch show in my mind, maybe I've just been like too saturated by like improv energy lately. Um... But I suppose it felt more like a series of like little vignettes or like scenes or something, I suppose. Because I guess Sketch Show feels like the point of it is to try to make you laugh above all else. Sure, okay. Whereas, yeah, like where I, I think something more, like kind of regardless of intention, things more interesting than just chortles were evoked by the work that we saw. I think. Why are you looking at me like more that? More than just chortles. <laughs> more than chortles. <laughs> I'm more than, more than chortles. <laughs> <laughs> Chortles is such a funny surname. <laughs> I'm Cassandra Chortles. <laughs> I'm Agatha Chortles. <laughs> and you're being evicted. <laughs> Get out. Uh, Chortles is a great surname. Um, but yes, so it was just a series of things that happened. There was this really sweet moment where two of them were... Sorry. What? <laughs> calling a show, it was just a series of things that happened. <laughs> is that what I said? Yes. <laughs> it was just a series of things that happened. I think that's just life, <laughs> actually. There was a scene where two of them played ants and they were carrying around like big old chunky brown things that looked maybe like, you know how ants carry crap around? <laughs> yeah, I'm watching a YouTube channel where he builds a giant ant farm. Um... It's called Ants Canada. Oh, sure. Like Ants apostrophe Canada? It's just one word, but yeah, I assume. Okay. What? It's one word. Ants Canada. It's the name of the channel. Jake? Is it a Canadian TV channel that's about ants? He w- was from Canada when he started the channel. He now lives in the Philippines, I believe. Why do you seem reluctant to let me talk about this show? <laughs> Sorry, carry on, carry on. <laughs> um, but yes, that was just sweet to see two people like almost like Lion King style representing ants on stage. That is really sweet. Were they like having fun ant conversations? Yes. <laughs> this is a thing that's right up your alley. Every time <laughs> they brought up the name of one of their friends that was an ant, it would be things like Antonio or Antgela. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Julie Ant. <laughs> you should have been in the writer's room. I, I was. <laughs> um, there, was, there was the one thing that kept coming back beyond just like the motif of food occurring. One of the, like the, a returning character whose journey we kind of charted throughout the whole thing was Victoria Barlow was playing like a country mouse that got kind of like corrupted by city life. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. was, it like, was it like a mouse, like a cute mouse that had started like smoking cigarettes or drinking or something? Bafflingly, yes, you guessed it. Right. <laughs> yeah, there was a part where yeah, was a mouse and then had like a big human-sized cigarette that they were holding. <laughs> and they were like... Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> that's the thing. The whole thing was kind of like... And that's why I guess my mind rejected the sketch show idea. Because it was more of like... It was really strange. Like, Canadian Man and I came out of it and it was like we were both a bit like... 
what? <laughs> oh. Yeah, like, oh, that was odd. But I it was love like the sound of it. Yes, but it was like, oh, that was like the type of like, it's the sort of show that like, I feel like like a, a young Parker Posey would have been in. Sure. It was like, it was, yeah, the whole thing was a bit kind of like, a bit dizzying and a bit, I don't know, kind of like messily focusless. But it was fun for that reason. Yeah. It was just kind of like, a, they're doing a thing and this group of people were so distinctly certain of what it was they were doing. And it was enough of that charismatic certainty for you to be like, okay, I definitely feel like I'm in the hands of people that are talented and are doing a thing that they're doing on purpose. Mm. And that's all you need for a thing to work, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and for that reason, it was just like a, like a fun ride that you never knew what was coming next because the thing that just came didn't even make that much sense in terms of like the <laughs> scenes themselves. Like, oh yeah, that scene was about this. This thing occurred. But it's like, I don't understand why it was after that other thing that happened. And I don't know why this, why is this right. mouse back? <laughs> but it was... I love the sound of the mouse. It was, yeah, it was nice because it was almost like a dream. It was like, mm. huh? <laughs> That's really funny. It was really, really... Yeah. Was yeah. there a perpetual stew at any point? That was just the the welcome soup. I don't know. I'm not even super clear on what, no. what makes a soup different to a stew. Super? And stew is in my surname. It, it is. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We've learned a lot here today. Haven't we just? Yes. Um, what was the soup that you got? What was, like, was it was the pumpkin or? Uh, they said it was miso. I think, Ooh, but I wow. don't know what miso tastes like. I know I've had several like miso soups in my life, but I could not identify it in a lineup of yeah, soups. Yeah, it's quite a hard flavour to describe. Okay, Jake, which of these soups murdered your cousin? <laughs> that's, that's a lineup of soups. I don't. Know. Uh, I'm gonna just pick out a scene. Um, oh, was, why just one? Just, don't want to spoil it like a toilet. Oh my god, stop it! I love to say it. I don't know why, because you hate toilets. I do. Okay. Um. But there was a scene where four of them were sitting around having a dinner party and it was a pair of couples and one of those couples announced that they were opening up their relationship. And it was just like, why did you make a weird... No, it's just like, always cue for like dramatic conversations to follow from that. Sure, yeah. Oh, opening the relationship is just like, that's famously where theatrical discourse comes from. It's famously that. Famously! Yeah. (laughs) Aristophanes wrote a lot about polygamy. No, I think he wrote about um, uh, his other girlfriend... Uh, Jennifer. P- P- polygamy sounds like a Greek name. Don't feel bad about yourself. It's a. Diff- oh, that was almost <laughs> so good. It's a difficult realm for improv. So good. Yes. Go on. <laughs> That's fine. We'll workshop it and put it into a sketch you show. See, you always cut. Jake always cuts the bits where I'm mean to him, but he never cuts the bits where I look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, just know that I'm really, really mean to Jake. You just never hear it. I leave some of it in. You do enough to be a cry for help. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody better listen to that cry for help. Good. <laughs> you better you stay here, boy. Yeah, everyone, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> um, but yes, they have this conversation, and it was just like it was just like a fun version of like as you're saying. Yes, like it, it, I don't know. It's 2024. This is a conversation a lot of us have like been in for real or have seen dramatized in some sort of fashion. Mm. But the way that they did it, the fashion in which it occurred, it was just fun. It was nice, and like it, it went in a surprising dramatic direction in terms of like its theatrical mechanics. Oh. And they they said a lot of like. Really illuminating, especially towards the end when it sort of like fractures a bit and gets a little bit more choppy, a bit, a little bit more like presentational in terms of its theatre style. Um, yeah, they did you say choppy? Was that your suggestion? <laughs> did you listen to me at all? <laughs> I think my brain heard it and thought, "Don't worry about that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said choppy, like um, you know, like but like a fight, like it gets more fighty. Fighty? Yeah. No, no one was doing karate chops. If that was your guess. Hi-ya! Good. That was Miss Piggy. That was a really good Miss Piggy. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they they managed to say some really like illuminating, eloquent things about 
ideas surrounding one's desire for or objections to the idea of open relationships. <laughs> well said, Jen. Are, are you being... What? Just a lot of words you just said. Sure. <laughs> well, I'm taking a cue from the perpetual stew. Oh, I like that. <laughs> That's right. No, it's nice when people are able to speak about those things in ways that are just like preachy and annoying. <laughs> like everyone should be able to love who they love. And if I love you, isn't that enough? <laughs> like that's 90% of what I've seen about open relationships. Yeah? Yeah. There's like this Instagram, you know what? Not worthwhile. Not, no? uh, not worth pursuing. You're about to describe an Instagram to me? <laughs> an Instagram couple that make video, like they, 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 I think they do, it's like a story about them being in a, in a polyamorous couple and like it's just like every episode is just them being like, wow, how nice is this? Oh my god, should I ask her out? You can! We're poly! It's just like, okay. Every episode is always that. It's always like, oh my god. I listen to it all. <laughs> Every episode. And hate watching people harmoniously live a polyamorous lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm just going to point out, I just thought this cast was magnificent. I think part of what was great about the combination of them and the collection of them was the fact of, like, everyone being so distinct from one another. Like, yeah. one another. It was like, you could, I don't know, that would just, like, they each brought such unique talents and qualities um, and just energies to the stage. And it's exciting, like, I don't know if they're planning on doing a bunch more work together as a cluster of people. But the way that, like, even by the end of this show, it was like, I could just envision, like, the types of magic that each combination of them together are sort of immediately capable of. Aww. It's just, you know, interesting to sort of, like, see them as that type of, like, <laughs> performative periodic table that any, yeah, any, yeah, any combination of them could be some sort of, like, interesting alchemy was cool. Mm. And I just want to highlight especially, I just thought Sam Ede was, like, there's someone for everybody in this show. But I thought for me, like, Sam Ede really just leapt out is this just, like, this very, like lovely, warm, like, cheerful, comedic presence. Mm. Like, I just... There was so much charm going on. Oh, I love charm. And... Yeah? Yeah, I do. I love charmed. I knew you would say that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Power of Three will set us free. That's the theme song for charm. I am the sun. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and they also used it in The Craft. The, and, and The Crown. The Crown. Recently, yes. Oh, or Olivia Coleman season. Because she's a witch. Uh, I think they used like a slowed down sad version of it. Because like, she's a sad I witch. I am the sun. Yeah. Because it's like, I think it's the pivot of like people stopped loving The Crown so much. The, oh. like, the actual figure, not the television show. I don't care about The Crown. I just want to flag. I just know they use the song. You have a lot to say about the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, I love that song. Okay. And Olivia Coleman. I'm a follower of the song. <laughs> yeah, wherever that song plays, I'll be. Um, I also want to say as well, uh, partly because like Canadian man's, you know, favourite of the group was Courtney Crisfield, which I understand too, mm. because yeah, no, she had such like an, an elegance and I don't know, there was like just something very kind of like, I don't know, there was something static electricity about the way that she was like present in the scenes that she was in. But again, across the board, like this ensemble of people was so peculiar, the art they made together was so like odd and engagingly skew-if mm. and... Uh, yeah, yeah. Love. I don't know, That that's my takeaways from the stew. <laughs> he was full of soup. You cannot repute. Refute is what I meant to say. Does that be even make sense? It to be a rhyme. A, oh, a rhyme with any type Wrap of... Wrap it up. R Shut, up. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Good. Shut up. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hi. I Hi. went to the Speakeasy Theatre. Oh, for the first time, the right? first time on Flinders Lane. Yes. Uh, it's the one of the best kept secrets in Melbourne. It's Melbourne's. fucking weird. I love it. Yeah. It's this weird, 
For those of you who haven't heard the episode where Jake has gone to the Speakeasy Theatre and then told us all about the Speakeasy Theatre, let me tell you what the Speakeasy Theatre is like. I went twice! One time it was to see a downstairs <laughs> Jewish divorcee sing songs about her experience of it. Yeah! <laughs> and the next time? Uh, the next time was Hensby and Beckett telling us about how they moved to Melbourne. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of rich stories being told in that theatre. Yes! Uh, <laughs> so, I went along with my friend Patrick. Yes. Um, and Patrick is one of the people that worked... We, You and I and Patrick and a bunch of other people have worked at various theatres across Melbourne. Uh, and we, we used to work at the Princess Theatre together. Which is where The Cursed Child was. Which is a Harry Potter play, which is relevant because I went to see Hufflepuff. Oh, good. What a convoluted You like that through line? <laughs> I like how you started. It feels like you did it backwards. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like a so drum it's like roll. Hufflepuff. But it's, you had a drum roll that was constructed of all these things. <laughs> okay, don't get so highbrow with me. Come on. Well, <laughs> it's like a drum roll constructed of all these things. You wank. <laughs> wank. <laughs> See, I'm going to leave that in so you no, get a little no. peek behind the curtain. Sometimes you should edit them out. They are a bit too mean. Um, so we went to see Hufflepuff. Yes. Which is, oh, actually, well, first of all, I'll speak about Speakeasy because it's this beautiful, weird building. I spoke to the person who was like running it. I couldn't tell if she was one of the owners or not. Um, built in the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. One of the oldest still standing buildings in Melbourne. Really? Yeah. Good. That's, that's, good. A, fact. Could... that's a fact. That's a fact. Really? <laughs> What else you want That's me to say? That's an Austin Powers reference <laughs> to all my shagadelic Austin Powers hits. Groovy, baby! <laughs> you will get me some orange sherbet. <laughs> really? <laughs> Where's that musical? Where's that musical? It has to be done. It has to be done. Uh, um, okay, anyway. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we walk up the stairs. Every element of this building feels like it has been tacked on. Like... To what? To another building. It's uh, like... You walk up the stairs, they are obviously from a refurbishment at some point. You go up the stairs, there's like, the carpet is clearly not original. It's like, the, <laughs> no, Jake, no, I'm not. No, you catty bitch. <laughs> I wish it was original. No, but like, every element, so you, you look to the right, and there's like two steps up to a bar. It sounds like you're describing the, like the moves in the time warp. Continue. <laughs> it's just a jump to the left. <laughs> two steps up. There's two steps up to a bar, and then there's like, a, like in the other corner, there's like a popcorn machine with a woman feverishly making popcorn. Feverishly, <laughs> like she's really fuck. They're coming. <laughs> and then behind the bar is like another woman just making drinks. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a weird like like brought upstairs like ticket area. Like it's like it looks like someone has just constructed this. The whole thing is like a fever dream of a venue, but it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's got this like red curtain that separates half the room as like the theater space. And in front of it, they've got, like, a bunch of, like, paper bricks spelling out platform nine and three quarters. Because it's Harry Potter. Right. Okay. They've got a bunch of paper bricks. It's like, it's like they've strung... There's a photo of me jumping in. I, 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 you need to put it on the Instagram. It's, rude, okay. it's rude that you haven't. Okay. Um, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of Jake photos. Um, <laughs> does it matter that I never take photos of myself when I go to shows? It factors in. It factors in. <laughs> I'm always too nervous. I can't post the photos you don't take. <laughs> well, that's not my problem. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> leave that bit in as well. <laughs> I'm beginning to like this. <laughs> yeah, you bitch. Anywho, so we walk on in, sit on down in the first major space uh, in, in, in the Speakeasy Theatre, and it is beautiful. Mm. It is so hard. I, I could not describe to you, dear listeners, what this space looks like. <laughs> Proceed <I'll> to describe. <laughs> 
There's leather paneling on some of the walls. There's was it original? Do you think, Jake? Yes. You know that's not what I meant by that. I'm no, no. not a catty person. <laughs> I'm not a bitchy person like that. I just meant that it's clearly been re- like installed later. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I've shut up. <laughs> So good. Uh-huh. So it's got like leather panels on half of one of the walls. There are like swords that are part of the walls in front of like what looks like a big fireplace, but it is like a theater stage. There's like red curtains all around one side of the walls. All the seats are like cabaret style little seats that you can sit on around little ch- little tables, which have QR codes. You can order drinks to the tables during the show. Oh. This is living. <laughs> uh, there's like the carpet is this mishmash pattern. There's candles being hung up from the, one of the corners underneath a fake cloud, which I think is part of the show. There's like vines all over the place. It's like it's 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 wild. If you've never been, you should just go along and see it. I think they do like a bunch of burlesque shows there, like once a week. Like go along, see that. <laughs> if you want to see the decor, just go check out some burlesque. <laughs> do it honestly. Yeah. Um. So we sit down and we the, the show begins, mm-hmm. and in walks Dirk Strawn Thornton, which is a lot of orns in a name. It sounds like a vocal warm up a little it's, bit. It is Dirk, Dirk Strawn Thornton. Anyway, so Dirk mm-hmm. walks Strawn in. Thornton. Dirk, <laughs> stop it. So Dirk walks in. Sunglasses on, iced coffee in hand, mm-hmm. and immediately you come to understand that this is a show that is about what would happen if a Paran Southside gay went to Hogwarts, mm-hmm. which is a terrific premise. I think sure I would watch the shit out of that, mm-hmm. and did because <laughs> <laughs> I was there. Dreams come true at the Speakeasy Theater. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the pr- premise of the show is it's set during the fourth year of the Harry Potter timeline. Okay, which is. The and wizards, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my good god! You. Yes, you can't improvise about g- Greek writers. Well, there are names to come up with. <laughs> but my word of Hermione, Diogenes. There we go, Diogenes. Yeah, that's one. Okay, I don't know what that's an example of, but uh, a Greek name, like an Asian Greek name. Oh, okay, great. Um, anyway, get back to your. <laughs> no, you were saying something rude. I'm assuming. Yeah, probably. Continue. Okay. Uh, so in he comes and. Uh, the show starts... So yes, that's right. So the general premise of the show... Yes. It's set during the fourth year. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and then I was trying to like, is that the one where it's the Olympics? And wizards, yes. <laughs> um, so we're in a loop. Yes. Yes, it's the Triwizard Tournament, Jake. Yes. Which is very important. <laughs> and it's called that because everyone chants, Try, wizard! <laughs> Try! <laughs> if they chanted that a bit louder, maybe Cedric wouldn't have died. Oh, God, because it does happen, doesn't it? It does happen, and that's a part of this show as well. Yes, God. But luckily, Peter Facinelli comes, saves his life, he becomes Edward Cullen. Do I understand the timeline of supernatural teen dramas? Yes. Yes! <laughs> that, what else can I say? Yes. Teen Wolf! Teen, teen Wolf! wolf. <laughs> huh, okay. <laughs> Getting a few references there, okay. Um, anywho, so it's set during the fourth year, it's Triwizard Tournament. Uh, so Dirk is playing a character named Oliver Scamander. Okay. Which is very important. Because it rhymes with Amanda. Because it's the same name mm. as a certain character. From the wildly acclaimed and well-loved movie series Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Each movie that came out was worse than the last. Better than the last, you mean? Better. Oh my god, they recast. Nagini was a Korean woman, little yeah. snake. Yeah. yeah. And the wizards. It was one of the largest questions I had about the Worst movies universe. I may have ever seen. I, anywho. That third one was barely... I don't understand. That was not plot. I watched it stoned and it still was bad. Like that, do you realise how bad a movie has to be to be bad when you're stoned? For Marijana James to not be applauding by the 
alien. It's about wizards. Like, that's any... I'm not getting Wasn't it wild? The way that, like, part of the plot was like, we don't want them to know what our plan is, so let's all do random things so no one knows what the plan is. That's called trying to stretch a single, like, uh, 40-page book into four movies. <laughs> is what that is. Sure. And it is the most awful cash grab. I am getting angry. I need to stop. I might get angry during a lot of this because I hate Harry Potter so much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anywho. Um... So, Dirk, who's written a show about Harry Potter that I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> and I hear you love Harry Potter. I love, love it. Love it. <laughs> I love theatre. Yes. Um, so, he's playing Oliver Scamander, yes. who is the great-grandson of that character, whose name is what? Rufus? Newt. Newt. <laughs> it's Newt. I don't give a shit. Anyhow, yeah. Newt Scamander. Yes. Um, Newt. Is Newt... Newt is such an... No, sorry, everyone. Newt is not a very pretty name. Not at all. I wonder if it's one of the... You know how, like... <laughs> Is this a really superficial thing to say? Your name can be Ingrid, but it really helps if you're beautiful and named Ingrid. It's one of those names that you have to be kind of like ironically beautiful in front of in order to sell the name. Is that a shallow that thing to or say? it's just a name that J.K. Rowling thought was funny because it's not a name. Newt. I guess. And I also, is it something to do with the fact that like Newts and Salamanders yeah. being very similar to each I th- other? I think so, yeah. I learned that from Matilda. <laughs> oh. The movie, not oh, the musical. Great movie. <laughs> Bad musical. Bad musical movie. Oh, I didn't even see that. Not great. I just am not going to watch Dancing Children. It's a rule I have. <laughs> yeah, not since the restraining order. Well, I, I choose not to go to those pageants. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't if you wanted to, Jake. We shut all up. know it. Any, shut up! Anywho, so Oliver Scandamander is a fourth year Hufflepuff yes. who's obsessed with Cedric Diggory. Because of course. Um, because of his face or because of some sort of wizard reason? Because of like various reasons that he says throughout the show. They're all like very like stock standard like, you know, He's handsome, and he's lovely, and he's nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so he's obsessed with um, uh, uh, Cedric, mm-hmm. and vows to help him win the Triwizard Tournament uh-huh. to get his to get on his good side. Then proceeds throughout the entire show to not do anything that actually helps him win the Triwizard Tournament. Okay. Does he try to help him? Uh, uh, yes. At one point, he tries to. Ma- no. No. I don't think he does. Oh. I think <laughs> he forgets the plan. He forgets the plan. Okay. Then, like, at I some, get it. <laughs> at some point towards the end, I just remember him saying something like, "So the 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 next." Two trials happened, and we're at the last trial. And I was just, oh, we skipped all the trials <laughs> that you were meant to be on. So there's a little bit of jumping around. Okay. Um, anywho, uh, did I mention this was a uh, singing cabaret? Uh, not yet. Well, you I better, assumed, though. You better believe there's songs. Great. Uh, we have uh, a whole bunch of them. Okay. And I want to hear what your thoughts are on the choices. <laughs> Not, not meanly, just how much you like this song. Okay. <laughs> I'll try to resist my natural inclination to be cruel. Go on, hit me with the track list. Bam! Ah! There we go, I was hitting him with it. So the first one is Three Little Twats from School, which is Three Little Maids from School. But he says from Twats instead. Twats, because he's talking about the three uh, Harry Potter people, Harry Potter, Hermione, and Ron. And oh, this yes. is something that we should also talk about, because we've seen a... Well, I say we, you, have, and I, have seen a bunch of Harry Potter <laughs> shows. <laughs> you, mainly, yes. and I also, have seen a bunch of Harry Potter theatre. Yes. And... An embarrassing amount for people that don't care about the wizarding world of Harry Potter. At all. What have I seen? Cursed Child, obviously. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, when it was in two parts. Mm Because you never saw the one part, did you? No, I never saw the one part. No. No. Um, And then Puffs, of course. Yes. um, At Beaumaris Theatre. Um, and then uh, what's that? Voldemort, Voldemort and the Teenage Hogwarts. Teenage Hogwarts musical parody, yes. 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 Yeah, which yes. is an alarming amount of Harry Potter theatre. A lot of Harry Potter media. And most of them, from what I can tell, cast the, uh, Ron, Hermione, and who's the other one? Harry. <laughs> as, <laughs> as absolute dickheads. Mm-hmm. That seems to be a running theme. Even Cursed Child goes so far as to say that uh, Harry Potter is a bad dad. Yeah, he's really mean. Really mean. Yeah, but his son is pretty. 
pretty annoying. <laughs> I mean, most of the characters in that show are pretty annoying. Yes, it was hard to find one to side with. I guess if you have to side with anybody, I guess you go the centaur? with... centaur? I guess you can't... More! <laughs> the centaur! More, Harry! <laughs> More! Clip-clop! Clip-clop! <laughs> um, no. <laughs> A centaur told me. <laughs> Which centaur, Harry? That centaur, you stupid bitch. Everyone knows that centaur's a liar, you stupid bitch. That play might not be good. <laughs> that play, pretty bad. That play Anywho, won a Tony. People, yeah, of course it did. It's got money. Everyone <laughs> that likes that show, kill yourself. Oh um, my god. Stop endorsing suicide. I think it's back in. It's been happening a lot lately. It has been. Your endorsements, not suicide. <laughs> I hope, unless your endorsements are really doing the damage you hope they are. All fingers crossed. Oh my god. Um, no, don't kill yourself. You're worth more than that. They're worth more than Harry Potter. That's good. So anyway, back to deceptive centaurs. No, back to Hufflepuff. Oh, so, smart. Yeah. <laughs> so anywho, uh, where was I? So the show has songs. That's right. Yes. So three little twats from school are about the the Potters. About the atomic kitten of the Hogwarts Hogwarts world. The atomic kitten. Yeah, there were three of them, weren't there? The atomic kitten. Atomic kitten. They, they sing Hole again. Looking back on where we first met. I Why? cannot escape and I cannot forget. Don't make me shout shut up at Baby you. Don't make me shout one. shut up at you. <laughs> That's Atomic Kitten. I don't... Yeah, okay. But why have you brought up Atomic Kitten? Because there's three of them. <laughs> <laughs> Much like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Go ahead. You make me so angry. Yes. <laughs> uh, the next song is Meet the Potterheads. Okay. It's Meet the Plastics from uh, mean, uh, girls. mean Girls. Sorry, I went straight to Meet the Fockers. Yes. Was... <laughs> what? I love Blythe Danner. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> Mean Girls, the musical. Yes. Uh, and then there's Cedric and I, which is the wizard and I. Oh, yes. And most of the words don't get changed because you can just say the wizard and I, that wizard and I. Oh, yeah. Which is pretty funny. God, I wonder if the Wizard of Oz ever went to Hogwarts. That stupid, he wasn't a real wizard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the largest plot points. Also different worlds, different universes, aren't they? Are they? I don't know if that's explicit. Whoa. No. Um, <laughs> a ghost in here now. God, you know how Wicked is coming back? <laughs> All too well. Yeah, I just saw our pal Ash. Yes. She works at Time Out. She did that video talking to people that were like lining up for the first tickets to Wicked at the people Regent Theatre. People are fucking lining up. People are really tickets. into it. And she was interviewing people about like why they love Wicked so much. And I... I <laughs> what, what were the answers, Jack? I, mean, I love greens! <laughs> I'm really happy for them for loving something so much. Like, I was envious of their enthusiasm. Um, but yeah, one woman was like, oh, it's impossible not to love this show. There was one woman that was Wrong! Like, <laughs> Another woman was like, oh, um, I w- we got to see it on the West End, and I'm so excited that it's going to be here now. And then another guy was like, you know, like a, he seemed really sweet. He had like a little flower behind his ear. And he was like, oh, I've been here since 10 p.m. the night before and got the first front row ticket to the show. And it's like, again, envious of, en- of their enthusiasm. Have they... <laughs> No, James. Go what? On. Were you about to ask if they've ever seen anything else? No, I was about to ask if they've ever been laid. Oh, my God. <laughs> God, you're such a cool jock, James. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I saw the cabaret. Um, jock the cabaret. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, I yes. I know, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. That's it. That's my whole thing. But I yeah. don't like that. I'm, I'm being hateful this year. Wicked. Oh, good, good about re- Wicked. About that's Wicked. a good resolution. Yeah, I thought yes. so. No, but yeah, Wicked is coming and people are jazzed. Give us tickets to see it, Wicked. Uh, <laughs> let, us, let us come and talk Win about it. Win us over. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> what a challenge. Front row, please. <laughs> Anywho, um, are the, are the, I'm only listening to the songs that I recognised and enjoyed. Like, 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 
So, talking about the songs that I recognised. Yes. Um, so, there's also um, Someone Gets Hurt from Mean Girls Again. Okay. Uh, and then there's No Good Deed. Mm-hmm. From also Wicked. from Wicked. Yeah. So there's been some calamity, some catastrophe has happened, and 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 he's lamenting that like a Triwizard specific tragedy. Cedric could be in danger. I don't oh. want to spoil anything. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to spoil it like a toilet. Oh, oh good saying. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I came up with it. Yeah. Um. So, so Cedric's in danger, and so he's singing Elegantum. <laughs> but instead, he's, instead of that, he's singing like. What the fuck do I do? What the fuck do I like? It's like it's this really like shit version of it, which is really funny. That's like, really it's funny. Like, when it gets to like the big Fiero, he just melts. Fuck! That's good. That's really good. Funny. That's funny for the wicked heads out there. Yeah, for all those wicked heads that have been lining up since 10 and never been laid. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm doubling down. No, that's good. I'm doubling down. That's good, and it's good too because sex is the coolest thing you can do. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other song <laughs> is um, Out of Nowhere, Time After Time. From Cindy Lauper. Yeah. Is that in, like, Kinky Boots? Is there any element of Kinky Boots that is a Cyndi Lauper jukebox musical? No. It's not. I think there might be one at the end, like, for the bows or something, but I don't think so. I think it's, like... During the bows of Kinky Boots, they sing True Colours or something. I see a true (laughs) colours. Have neither of us seen Kinky Boots? No, I haven't. No, I know my life. (laughs) You don't look like someone who knows your life. Have neither of us seen it? And I'm like, oh wait, I have. (laughs) I think you've literally done that before when you forgot that you saw Torch Song. So... (laughs) That is brutally true. (laughs) So, let's watch out. Anywho, uh, another element of the show that I have not yet mentioned. Mama, did I mention there's magic tricks? No. (laughs) Well... (laughs) Well, there are, baby. Oh. Um, in the production notes of the program, which is a very like detailed program, oh. um, seven to eight wands are used in every performance. Each wand has a different purpose, and four are exact duplicates hidden in parts of the set. That's another thing. He was running around and using all parts of the room, which was just quite engaging and nice. Sure. Yeah. Um, so we got like a wand that shoots fire. Like, fire comes out of the wand. That fire. happens? Yes, Jake. Fire. It was terrifying. Mm. Um, there's ones that shoots, like, sparks. Like, sparklers. There's, there's like, ones that, like... that There's, like, a wand with a light on the end, which... <laughs> is it clear how he did these things? Or is Dirk Strawn Thornton some sort of sorcerer? I would not be able to reveal if I even knew. <laughs> That's good of you to respect the magician's code. Oh, of course. I've met Neil Patrick Harris. Um, anywho... Is he a magician? Yeah. Neil Patrick Harris is a magician. He's a full-blown member of, like, the Magician's Order or whatever in, like, the Hollywood castle where they have, like, the magicians. Like, he's a full-blown magician. Oh. Yeah, no, he, he's, like, a really good one, too. Like, he, he can do, like, all the... You know, every time you see, like, Barney do, like, a card trick in How I Met Your Mother or something? That's Neil Patrick Harris. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I can't unpack how much I hate How I Met Your Mother right now, but I trust that Neil Patrick Harris's character did magic in it. I just, I have memories of seeing him do card tricks to impress chicks. Right. <laughs> so this is why you think that people that like Wicked don't have sex. is because Barney Stinson taught you about... Oh, God. No, no, no. I see the th- I see what you've done there. No, no. No, what? no. What? Let's talk about Hufflepuff. You've revealed Let's too much. <laughs> Let's talk about Hufflepuff. So, uh, magic tricks. There was that. There was like a burning goblet of fire that he put, like... Put like bits of uh, what's it called? Flash paper that would go like <laughs> blow it up really quickly. Uh-huh. A lot of flash paper in this show. Okay. Um, there was also just this is completely out of the blue. I'm saying this. There was a ten minute interval. How long was the show? One hour. And there was an. In- How long was the interval? Like a ten. <laughs> what? <laughs> you said that already. <laughs> ten minute interval in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> <There we go. laughs> Switch on. Um, was it in the middle? 
Yeah, it felt like the middle. Uh, okay. Yeah. Did it help? <laughs> I mean, it helped in that I got to sit down more for ten minutes. It was funny. It was interesting. Um, okay. We did go and get another drink during the interval, which is fun. Nice. But again, did it get brought to your seat? No. Oh. It did this first time we ordered from the QR oh, so code. So you did use the weird QR we code? We did, we did. And they brought them out very professionally and like plunked them down on the table in front of us during the show and then we left. Yeah, so... That's a fun flourish. Cabaret with an interval. Oh god, yeah. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. Also gave him time to like, I assume, prepare his little tricks for the next bit. Sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Dirk's got really fantastic uh, comedic timing. Okay. Which is something I noticed watching this show. Like, he knows how to tell a joke. It, it sort of felt like watching a stand-up comedian do a cabaret. Okay. Which was really lovely. Um, and he shot fire. And he, sh- <laughs> and he shot fire. Like, I mean, what's not to love? Mm-hmm. The Harry Potter of it all. Ah. <laughs> you found the answer. <laughs> which brings me to the question, I guess, we've sort of been posed with is why are queer people specifically drawn so intently to Harry Potter still mm. what is that uh, well millennials I suppose were especially deep fried in the media as they were growing up and yep. people are very porous when they're that age yep. um, on top of that too of course as with like witchcraft broadly like queer people are drawn to tales of people that have to keep important secrets and have like a secret like secret power that they aren't allowed to mm. actually capitalize upon or use in broader society these are answers to your question yeah, I guess uh, I mean like nowadays. Nowadays, due to like the turfiness of the situation. Oh, the turfiness. Yeah, mainly, mainly. Yeah, just the turfiness. Um, I just it it intrigues me when people make these shows and really double down on the Harry Potterness of it all. I think it's mm. it's it's. I think if anything, it's quite uh, bold to do. Sure, I think it's bold for political reasons with the turfiness. Yeah. I'd say. I think beyond that, it's almost like Harry Potter has permeated it, like everything so hard, like it's akin, I'd say, to just engaging with any type of popular media. Mm. You know, um, it's like one of those things that people can turn to because they know that there's an inbuilt fan base, and it's also a language that we're all like embarrassingly capable of speaking oh, in. God, yeah. You know, like even people that hate it know about it. Like people that have never read a book have never seen a movie somehow know who Voldemort is. Yeah, true. There was no Voldemort in this show. Are you disappointed? Yes. I was, I was fully expecting him to whip out a Voldemort impression. Oh. Yeah. Oh, which everyone has inside of them. Go on. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's, um, what's his name from Moulin Rouge? <laughs> oh, that was your Harold Zidler. <laughs> Harold Zidler. <laughs> you frightened her away. She's confessing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, my, 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 my Voldemort is, um... Harry Potter! Cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 A bit gayer than Harold. Hello! <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I think I would... This is the sort of premise I would love to see, like, as, like, a snappy little TV show. Like, a, a Southside gay, ice latte, poof-doof, going, gym gay, going to Harry Potter land. Sounds like something I would watch. I would watch that. Because I think it would just be great, because... The way that you would be able to watch this gay man rip the other people to shreds just by being a bitch to them, I think would be really funny. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it's interesting that you, while protesting the existence of excessive Harry Potter media, you were yourself also pitching and being willing to indulge in more of it. If it's <laughs> if it's literally the characters that I hate being ripped to shreds by a gay man, I would watch it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, sure, sure. But even the fact of that being something that would be like succulent satisfaction for you. The I think we're pretty safe to say that they're not going to make a Harry Potter no, TV show. No, I'm just saying it is interesting if you do at the same time protest the prevalence of this type of media mm. and this intellectual property while also being ready to enjoy the, satisfa- like the satisfaction of... Fictional characters that you resent being fictionally let me, eviscerated. Let me follow that up. And with. I'm saying interesting not in a way that I'm secretly being like, what a dumb cunt. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm hearing what you're saying and I I, I, I don't actually want them to make that show. <laughs> I just think it will be funny. 
and you'd watch it. Well, ah, <laughs> oh. oh. yeah, I guess I would. Avada Kedavra. Avada Kedavra yourself. <laughs> Well, yes, another day, another midsummery, <laughs> as they say. They do say that. They can't stop saying that. Mm-hmm, they're obsessed. Um, anyway, uh, let's wrap this up. I guess. It's yeah, we like got a... we got more shows to go and see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this has been like a fun, goofy, long one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So yeah, hope you're out there midsummering. Um, we'll be here midsummerizing until midsummer has mid. It stopped. Mid, mid, <laughs> mid its last summer. Well, that sounds pretty sinister, actually. It does a bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, uh, as usual, we may disagree with things we've said on this podcast. We're human beings and our opinions change. That's what makes theatre so good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Bitch. Yep. And uh, friends don't let friends become theatre critics. Mm-mm-mm. No, ma'am. No, no. no if they, they try, you throw them in a goblet of fire and then you... Don't Time you, turn them to Azkaban. Don't bring Harry Potter up. Where they'll don't bring Harry deathly Potter their hallows. Ooh, she she, the... she <laughs> prisonered on my Azkaban until I gobbleted in her fire. Oh my god! Yeah, you like that? I, she. I oh, wish you'd kept she, it a chamber of secret. <laughs> oh no no no! <laughs> she she deathly on my hallows until I chambered in her secrets. Oh my god. <laughs> Nagini <laughs> is actually a Korean woman. Yes. Oh. Oh. You want to hit the end record button, yes. buddy? <laughs>